Hey everybody, Anthony Desiato here. We'll get into part two of The Homecoming in just a moment. Yesterday, I released a special mini-sode of my comic shop history in which I addressed the current worldwide health crisis and how it may or may not affect this cycle of my comic shop history. Specifically, with respect to this episode, uh, it features Chris Wilcock, the owner of Undiscovered Realm and the organizer of Undiscovered Realm Comic Con. Chris and I recorded the episode you're about to hear in mid-February on President's Day. Uh, at the time, the coronavirus was, was known about, but we certainly did not predict that it would escalate uh, to the extent that it has. So uh, everything that you hear in the episode is still relevant, but I just wanted to sort of give this little preamble so that when you're listening to the show, if there are moments where you think to yourself, why aren't they mentioning the coronavirus? Uh, that's why we recorded it uh, a, little, a little while ago. Uh, that being said, it's a really fun episode. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, we begin, uh, Chris and I, by talking about our experiences as new, as new fathers. Uh, so we talk about becoming dads and what these early months have been like. Uh, we also talk about uh, Chris's reaction to alternate realities returning to action as a vendor at Undiscovered Realm Comic-Con. We talk about the convention generally and Chris's efforts to... Uh, expand sort of the, the comics presence there by bringing in other comic shops from the Westchester area. And then later in the episode, I recap the various screenings that my comic shop country had uh, across 2019 uh, when I was not recording. Uh, and I talk a bit about documentary distribution and uh, sort of this, this plan to get my comic shop country out into the world. So it's a fun episode. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, but I just wanted to take this moment here to sort of place it in its proper context. I also mentioned my comic shop country a moment ago. Uh, I spoke about this uh, in greater detail in the mini-sode yesterday, but just as a quick reminder, My Comic Shop Country is available now on Apple TV and iTunes to rent or purchase. It will be available uh, via Amazon to rent or purchase on April 7th. I hope many of you have already watched or plan to watch. Uh, if not, you know what we say here at Flat Squirrel Productions about hesitation. Uh, and thank you to everyone who has already uh, rented or purchased. I really, really appreciate it. Before we get into the episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. The Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. If you've seen my comic shop country, you know that... Uh, they have a special uh, spotlight in the credits. Uh, they were one of our Kickstarter backers, uh, and there was a specific reward uh, to be listed prominently <laughs> in the credit section of the documentary. So I want to thank them uh, for their Kickstarter support as well. Uh, additionally, My Comic Shop History is also brought to you in part by a family of film festivals, the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island, New York, the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and the Brightside Tavern Film Festival in Jersey City, New Jersey. Get tickets at brownpapertickets.com, and if you're a filmmaker, submit your work via Film Freeway. Be sure to also listen to the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast via a Shared Universe podcast network. 
One of my uh, films, By Spoon, the J. Mizell story, played at both Hang On To Your Shorts and Brightside. Uh, and as both a filmmaker and an attendee, I really can attest to uh, the fact that these are very well-run, enjoyable festivals. So I encourage you to check them out once this period of social distancing has subsided. Lastly, if you're looking for more Flat Squirrel Productions content, I hope you'll check out the My Comic Shop History Patreon page. I recently revamped it, and I actually added video packages to the reward tiers, and I've been posting unused interview clips from My Comic Shop Country uh, as the rewards. So if you've watched the new doc and you're looking for deleted scenes, uh, the Patreon page is where to be. Uh, thank you to everyone who has already become a patron. Your support enables me to continue to produce this show. So thank you very, very much. Uh, and finally, uh, please make sure you connect. There are dedicated social media handles for My Comic Shop Country on Facebook at My Comic Shop Country, on Instagram at My Comic Shop Country Movie, and on Twitter at My Comic Shop Doc. And now, our episode. Heavy heart. Welcome to My Comic Shop History. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. This is part two of The Homecoming, and I'm here with Undiscovered Realm co-owner and Undiscovered Realm Comic-Con organizer, Chris Wilcock. Welcome. Hello. Hey. I had a big smile on my face doing that introduction. <laughs> this is a while. the second episode of the season, but it's the first one that I'm recording. This is my first podcast recording since like June of 2018. Eight months. It's been yeah. a long time. A lot. It is a long time. Well, there's been a lot going yeah, on yeah, for, for so. me and for you, yeah. and the same, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we, each of it's us tough. became dads. Yeah. That's where we left off on the last one, I think. Yeah. So you and your wife Into welcomed- the great unknown. Yeah. Yep. You guys welcomed baby Jameson mm-hmm. early July, right? Yep. Mid-July. Yeah. And then my wife and I welcomed Milo at the end of August. So, uh, you know, we could do episodes and seasons and series about <laughs> parenthood, but generally, like, how's the experience been for you? Uh, really good. Like, and, uh, I know we were talking a little off the air, but I, I, I really feel like we hit the lotto. Uh, and, um, so when people ask me that question, I, I always have a little asterisk cause I feel like, uh, I, I, I don't think we have the normal experience. The, the kid's been in like an angel pretty much. And, um, you know, there's challenges, of course it's an adjustment, but nothing like it could be. And, uh, it's been great. So, yeah, yeah. no, I mean, I would say the same, like I, I've been saying to people, it's, you know, it's utterly life-changing in all of the ways that you hear about, but that you can't really know for sure, you know, until yeah. you do it yourself. And, you know, it completely shifts your worldview and your priorities. And, oh, and yeah. it's the greatest responsibility and can be stressful and tiring and frustrating. But I feel like that all of that is like so outweighed by the joy that it brings. Exactly. And, and you get used to it to some extent. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when he's running around tearing the house apart, it's going to be a whole different curveball, you know, and you got to adapt to that. But look... You know, I think I might have said this last time. It's just like, I know some people who have had kids that have no business having kids and they've somehow gotten through it. So I, you know, (laughs) nobody knows what they're doing. You know, you just take it day by day and you do the best you can. Yeah. No, I think we found that as well. And, you know, talking to other, you know, new parents, it's like, you know, you you figure it out as you go. Um, So uh, both of our wives delivered at White Plains Hospital. And you gave me a, a helpful heads up which was, you know, get as much rest as you can because, like, once you get there, you're constantly interrupted. And oh, you God. were not wrong. It was crazy, like, every 10 minutes. And for <laughs> me, I I, uh, I was so tired. I've never been that tired in my life, and not even because of that. I thought I was going to be no problem. I'm used to staying up. But 
uh, we were working until like 7 a.m. the night before um, because I was like, all right, I got to get all this done. Like, this is any minute now. And then I went to eat at the diner in White Plains. And then um, my wife called me and she's like, I've been in labor for like five hours. I didn't want to bother you because I don't want to go until it's time. And then I got home at like 7.30 or 8 and she was like, it's time. And we went and, uh, you know, I, we went straight there. And I remember she she was pretty far into it because – she was not in a good mood, <laughs> and uh, she started screaming at me in the parking lot because, like, I don't know, I parked, like, 10 feet away from where she thought I should have parked, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can't imagine what she was going through, so I, you know, but I'm, like, so tired at this point, and then it was, like, another, probably, uh, the baby was born at 7 p.m. or so, so 12 hours after that, and I had already been up for, like, almost 20, you know, so it was a long day. Yeah. It takes a lot out of you, you know. Not the, you know, I can't complain. I was not the one having the baby, yeah, but like you are job. you are still like mentally drained, you know. Yeah, no, I felt so bad yeah, for her. Exactly. But that feeling when when you see the baby come out, it's it really is something else. Yeah, that was uh, so for us it ended up being a C-section. That was not the original plan, uh, and then we basically hit a wall and made the call to do that. We were very close as well, yeah. 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 And, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting next to my wife's head as this is happening and then they take him out and he's screaming his head off. So, but it was a good sound. Yeah. It's like, all right, he's all right. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> and then they brought him over to one of the other doctors and he's examining him and, you know, I'm with my wife and then I'm looking over, I'm doing an ocular inspection on my like counting fingers and toes. <laughs> and then I go over there and, um, you know, again, he's still screaming, but I could put my hand on his chest and like he calmed a little bit. And then I put my, uh, my finger in his hand and that was and his first act it. in this world was, was grabbing that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. It was a good feeling. And I felt bad because, you know, I, I got to do that before my wife did, you know, and, um, my wife's sister was there the whole time. So that was good. She was able to help her. And then, that's um, good. You know, she was with her. And then as soon as he came out, you know, I did the same thing. I walked over to the little scale or wherever they put him in the warming tray. Yeah. <laughs> and I put my hand out and he grabbed it. Yeah. But it was surreal because, you know, you go through, you know, all these months of, of the buildup and then it's like, oh. <laughs> no, yeah. There's a, a thing, a living human yeah. thing here now. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I'll never forget it. You know, I saw him pop out and I, I think I just like started crying, honestly, like just joy. And, uh, but it just happened so fast. I don't remember anything. Well, that was the thing, you know, cause we had basically a full, she never hit active labor, but it was like a full day of mm. trying to get there. And, you know, it's waiting and waiting, you know, I'm watching episodes of Supernatural <laughs> on my iPad, like, yeah. you know, it was just sitting around. And then once we made the call to do the C-section, boom, it was like within a half hour, he was out. It moved so fast. Like yeah. they gave me the scrubs to put on. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like it surreal. Was nuts. Like same thing with her. And um, even though it wasn't the C-section, it, she, she kind of hit a wall and it was getting close. And we were also on the last day before they were going to make her do it um, when she finally did go into labor. And, it, you know, it was the same thing. And then all of a sudden it was just 12 hours of like just staring at the wall, taking a nap or something. And then all of a sudden there's 30 people in the room and it's like just chaos you know yeah but to your point um you know both leading up to that and then once he was there uh yeah it was just a, a parade of doctors and nurses coming in and look it's all That's good great. stuff yeah. people and for people who aren't familiar with white plains hospital i mean i was born there hmm. uh 33 had, years ago oh, awesome. i had never been there until then well they've renovated it considerably yeah. and uh you know the, the food is great yeah i don't Lobs know if, lobster yeah. yeah you got the steak, steak and, and lobster and, steak. and they come in every day and they take your food orders yeah. like Again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about these things. That yeah. It's all great. But it's like when you're exhausted, yeah, you know, it's like every few minutes there's someone coming. Like every time you start to doze off, on our last day there, we, I, we made some comment to the nurse of like, oh, like, you know, it's a lot of people coming in and out. <laughs> she goes, oh, why don't you put up the do not disturb sign? Uh, yeah. Oh, what? Do, no one told me that. Apparently existed. that exists. But even what? Even still, like, they still have to come in for right. these things. So it's not like they're just 
doing nonsense checks. True. Know? And I don't know if you miss the food order, do you not get your, yeah. you know, so, uh, but that made me laugh on the last day. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. The, the only thing it's like, you get the little break if like my wife was breastfeeding and, um, so she has to do it. Like, otherwise they'll take the baby and, you know, give you like an hour or two and they'll feed right. it and everything and the little thing. We didn't get to do that. So that would, even two hours of sleep would have been like, felt like I slept for a month, but what are you going to do? Yeah. But you know, but eventually anyway. you settle into a routine yeah, and exactly, everything. And exactly. Like those sleepless nights in the beginning, like it was a the thing. The first but now... two weeks are hard. And then after that, it really, for us anyway, it leveled out a bit. Yeah. Pretty quick. But yeah, and we're here now and it's great. I uh, know yeah. we are. So, you know, it's funny. So, uh, you know, I planned this podcast hiatus for myself because again i knew we had the baby coming and that's the priority and i didn't want to have to worry about (laughs) as much as i enjoy this i wanted to you know you know put that on the on the back burner and but you know one of the things and this is very selfishly but like in the back of my mind i was wondering i'm like you know once he's here and we're settled and everything am i gonna have the time to keep doing this am i gonna have the energy and am i gonna have the interest like will all of those three things still be there and thankfully they are, obviously, otherwise we wouldn't be doing this. But I have to say, uh, it was helpful watching you because I think it was like a little bit after, you know, Jameson, you know, was born and I saw you posting on Facebook, like the way you were before. Yeah. Like you were, I don't know, trying to get tickets to a concert <laughs> yeah. or a movie or whatever it might be. And I know like it might, it must seem obvious, but like in, the, in my mind, there was sort of this feeling of like, well, will I still be interested in the same yeah, things? No. Like, will I have that, the, you know, the same passion. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. And, um. Yeah, it is weird because like it's a major life change, but at the same time, a lot of things do stay somewhat the same. And I guess it's a credit to how well you are able to deal with it. I think some people, like we're both busy. We both do a lot of stuff. And like, so not that it's it's the most important thing that's ever happened in my life, but it is still another thing you got to work right. into your life, you know? So it, you're, you're somewhat used to it. I think some people, this is the first thing that they're like, yeah, and they don't know how to handle it and they don't take it as well. Yeah. So there's, there's, you know. It's true. I mean, they say like, variables. if you want something done, give it to the busiest person, right? Because yeah. they're used to, you know, handling a lot. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. But it was encouraging. Oh, I'm glad. You know, seeing, because I was like, all right, like he's still like doing his stuff. He still has his interests. And yeah. then I found that that was the same for me as it, well. It's true. But, you know, that being said, I never thought about this till now. There's a lot of people I know who have, and they just like fall off the face of the planet and they don't do anything anymore. So I don't know. Yeah. No, and I think it's you know, it's important, you know, to still have your sense of self and, you know, for the couple to still have an identity as a couple and That's individually, too, yeah. you know, and it's obviously requires a lot of effort and everything, but, uh, it's worth it. But yeah, yeah. So we're here. Maybe one day Jameson and Milo, they'll, they'll be podcasting. Who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll have them on <laughs> and they can talk. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> but it's so, you know, thankfully I, en- I ended up still having the, the time and everything to be able to bring the show back. But there still might not have been a show if not for Steve Odo, who... He's always saving the day. He saved know. the day of no... <laughs> you know, I, we were done. Like, we did season five. I wrapped it all up. I was like, this is the end of the alternate reality saga. We can't... <laughs> you can't just reminisce it's about like it Star anymore. Wars. Like, that's it. Like, it's the end of this. And on New Year's Day, he's like, all right, we're going to do Undiscovered Realm Comic Con. And I was like, all right, now I have something to talk about. Like, new comic shop history. That's good. It's good yeah. for everyone. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So, you know, we haven't recorded the season premiere yet, but in that episode, uh, people will have heard that by the time they hear this. But I'm going to have Steve Odo and Rich Roney, and we'll talk about Steve's decision to be a vendor at Undiscovered Realm Comic Con. I'll be interested. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, 
you know, we talked about it and for listeners, you know, who, who tuned into the show, like we talked about um, that as a possibility in the season five finale yeah. of like, you know, doing shows generally, but particularly this show, it's so close to the warehouse where Steve yeah, now nice stores yeah. everything from alternate realities. And, you know, if you recall from the episode, like he was not super into the idea. So we were very surprised at our New Year's Day brunch. And it was like towards the end of brunch too. Like we talked about a lot of stuff. We were <laughs> wrapping up. He was like, all right, we're going to do Undiscovered Round. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, and uh, I I think during that conversation, I said to him, like, all right, I'll, like, I'll give Chris a heads up. From the beginning, I was um, a very, it was a conscious choice. Like, I didn't want to insert myself too much in this process. That was the plan. Yeah. Because, you know, as invested as I am in AR personally, like, it's not my store. Yeah, And sure. so I didn't want to, I didn't want to push Steve in any direction. And... You know, hopefully it'll go great for him. But on the off chance it doesn't, I don't want it to be the sort of thing where it's like it's I only did fault. this because of you. Yeah, it makes me nervous. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I hope he does good. You know. So you know, so when he said that he was interested in doing this, like I was very pleasantly surprised because I I do think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. The proximity alone, and yeah. the fact that it's so close to where our store used to be, yeah. I feel like the opportunity, the customer base, to bring that customer base to the store to help the show grow yeah. and for Steve to move some of his product and. Yes, on a personal level, for us to connect with these people we haven't seen in years, uh, yeah, I think for all of those reasons it makes sense. But I was pleasantly surprised when he said that, and I just left it with him. I was like, "All right, I'll give Chris a heads up," and I left it at that. And I did. I think that day, or it was yeah, that or, day or the or day right after, after yeah, <laughs> so New Year's Day, yeah. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> Steve wants to do this." And then you know, I asked you like, all right, "What should the next steps be?" And you said you needed to know from Steve like what sort of space, what sort of setup he yeah. was looking to have. So. I passed that along to Steve and I gave him your contact info and I was like, all right, it's so like, let Chris know what sort of setup you want. Did you ever hear from him? No, no. <laughs> I, uh, I was waiting. Steve was very busy over the past few months reorganizing the warehouse units. And so I think he got a little preoccupied with that. Understandable. But I, you know, I keep teasing him for a guy whose life motto is hesitation kills, don't be a flat squirrel. He kind of dragged his feet with this, and it got to the point. I think where we are now, like you've sold out of the corner. We're, yeah, well, right? yeah. There's no corners, yeah, for a while, and that's the thing. I, I figured he was going to want one of those, and I, I just wanted to lay it out. You know, we have a lot of guests this year, so like the floor plan is like I'm having to cut into some spots. So I just wanted to get everyone I know is coming like laid right. out. So I, you know, I didn't have any surprises later. But the day where we we texted about that, um, like I I was texting with Steve about one thing. And I was also texting with you about scheduling this. So I had these separate sure. conversations. And in both of them, like Steve was like, oh, by the way, I haven't contacted Chris yet. And then like minutes later, you were like, oh, I ha by the way, I haven't heard from Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's when I, I got to the point where I was like, all right, I want to I make sure that this happens. Uh, so then I stepped in a little bit more and, and uh, you know, we spoke about what space options there would sure. be. And, you know, when I floated it to Steve of like, okay, this is the setup we can have, like these two booths on a corner, um, you know, a little bit of time went by before the, the text response came through. And when it did, I looked at Steph and I was like, he's going to, he's going to poo poo this. Like, he's not going to be into this. Because as, as you know, and as listeners know, you know, Steve, he can, he can be a little, uh, a little pessimistic sure. at times, although he softened in his retirement. But I was really expecting like some reason why he didn't want that amount of space or wh whatever. And he goes, sure, why not? Tell Chris we're, we're a go. And I was blown away. I was like, this is amazing. Good, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, couldn't, I couldn't see him doing anything with one booth. 
not that you can't, but like obviously he's got a lot of stuff. And if you want to like set it up nice, and you really need at least those two, that's what we use like a double, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, and I, you know, uh, not to speak for him, but I know we both really appreciate, you know, your help, you know, with, with oh, the course. space I'm and everything. i have you guys there. So, like, when I texted you and I said, you know, Steve wants to do the show as a vendor, well, like, what was your, what um, went through your mind? I mean, you, again, you did bring it up as a possibility, and so it wasn't like it was some, like, you know, insane notion, um, but, you know, I was, like, I was surprised, just like you, because, you know, it, it is an undertaking, but um, I was happy, you know, and for the same reasons we just talked about, I was, you know, this makes sense on a lot of levels. And then it makes even more sense because it ties this all back in and, uh, you know, it works on every level pretty much. So, uh, you know, I think it'll be cool. Yeah. I mean, all kidding aside, like, do you, do you feel pressure of like, I hope he does well? well? I feel that pressure anyway. For everyone uh, probably, right? Yeah, because, you know, going back to, you know, I think we went over this in the past a little bit, but being vendors, you know, I know how it is. You know, you have that bad show. You don't make what you think you're going to make. Um, and, and even if there's a, a ton of people there, you just don't know. Maybe they don't want that particular set of items. And there's just no rhyme or reason to it sometimes. So there's that extra weight that if I was just, just a promoter, or, you know, they always have the bad reputation of, oh, they don't give a crap about the vendors and blah, 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 blah. Just how many people come through the door. I care about it all. Um, so, yeah. And then on another level, I really care about it because I know, like, you know, he, he's going to get upset or something like that and he's got his reputation. And and I know people are going to come wanting to see it. And I just hope it pans out like he wants and how everybody wants, you know. But, you know, so, so yeah, I would have that with any vendor. It's not like it's some – but there's that little bit of, you know, icing on top, I guess. Right. For lack of a better term. Well, thankfully, as far as him, you know, dragging his feet and everything, he did eventually mail the check. Yes. Which you said yeah. you got, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I think so. It's here right. somewhere. Somebody called me that there was a check from him that came in the mail. All I right. wasn't here this weekend, so. So speaking of the show generally, mm. right? Uh, so first weekend of June. Yeah. Right? Sixth and seventh? Yes. Yeah. All right. So this is the fourth edition fourth of the show, right? Fourth show, fifth year. Right. Because there was the one year you had to skip, year, right? Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, so we're recording this late February, this episode will go up uh, towards the end of March. So I know more guest announcements will be out by the time, uh, people hear this, but what are some of the, the guest announcements that you've you dropped oh, so, so far? So far we've only done a few. Um, I try to do like one a week, give or take, unless something like, pep, you know, batches in with the other one. Um, uh, Chris Sabat, who, uh, is probably the biggest anime guest you could have in the entire world. Um, and that was a lot of work, multiple years of kind of getting the... You know the fire lit to start the whole process um and then you know a couple months of actually trying to get it booked for this year's show and he's if you don't know he's vegeta from and piccolo from dragon ball plus a bunch of other characters he's all might from my hero academia which is but by far the biggest anime in the world right now uh and, and a million other things uh great guy great guest so very happy to have him cool um we announced uh so far three of the original ninja turtles from the 80s cartoon um and and the cool thing with the voice actors is they they are not generally just one thing. You know, they have lots and lots of different. So, like, for instance, um, Rob Paulson, who's um, uh, Raphael in the original uh, 80s Ninja Turtles. He's also Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. Um, a ton of other 80s cartoons. He's Wacko from the Animaniacs. Like, so a lot of really big things. And um, I like those guests, too, because um, people hear the voices. They get really excited. Stuff that people are attached to. And you do draw on, like, maybe somebody doesn't care about Ninja Turtles, but they love Animaniacs or they love Pinky and the Brain or they love the Snorks or, you know, everything in between. Um, and you get a lot of that. Um, so you draw from a lot of fandoms instead of the one. Um, so we have that. We have a couple of the other Ninja Turtles. Um, we announced uh, Larry Kenny, who is lion from Thundercats. Um, and he's also Count Chocula and Sonny the Cuckoo from, you know, the ad icons and commercials and stuff like that. And that's 
going back to pops and stuff like that, ad icons are a huge line for pops, and a lot of people collect them. That's like one of the like most sought after lines of all mm. the like old school ad icons, like you know, uh, Sonny the Cuckoo, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, all that stuff, down to like the the Pop Tarts ad icon came out last week, you know, huh. so stuff like that. Um, so people like to get that type of stuff signed, being as that we're a big pop show and big pop vendors, right? So that ties in too. So I kind of look for that too when we book guests so that there's like a tie-in all all around but um we have a lot more and that's what i was saying before with the floor plan like i don't remember how many we had last year maybe like eight i think we're already at like 15 um and uh there's more coming and we're definitely you know more than doubling down on guests this year and uh, we don't have as much. Last year we were on Free Comic Book Day and Star Wars Day, so it's all this competition. You're competing you know? with a lot of big stuff, exactly, yeah. and free things, so it's hard. You know, right. um, the weather will be a little warmer, so you, you know you don't know. But uh, I think you know we have a good show lined up this year. But now space is at a, a premium; it's running right. out much earlier than normal, and which is a good thing. But you know you got to figure it out. It's a lot more work. Yeah. So I mean, so again, I know that these first guests have been voice actors, and you know, I know in past shows, you know, the voice actors have been, you know, well represented. Yeah. You know, at the show, I mean, has that been a conscious thing from the start? Because for the reasons you said that they they touch on a lot of different fandoms, or is it more that's who's available, or a little bit of both? Well, yeah, there's always taste? a mix of things. Yeah, I mean, like for me, I don't watch any anime. Um, some of the guys that work with us are huge, huge anime fans. So, but I know how big of a guest he is. I know how much of a demand there is for him. Like I got a message the other day from somebody in Puerto Rico in broken English saying, I'm coming to the show. When are tickets going on sale? My goal in life is to meet Chris Sabat. I, you know, I want my Vegeta pop sign. Like I'll be there. You know, this is coming from another country, essentially, Uh, sort of. And, uh, (laughs) and um, you know, things like that. So there is a big demand and being vendors at other shows, uh, we, we get to see, how guests interact with people, how they are with the fans. And I, I, I put a lot of that in. Even if it's like the biggest guest in the world and we can get them, if they're just jerks to the fans or put out a bad vibe, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, we're not going to book them. And um, vice versa, if they're a smaller guest and I see how great they are, I know that when people come to the show, they're going to see that and, and have a good time. And that's what's important when they leave, you know, that they had a great time, that, you know, they interact with these people. And that's why I said like with the voices and stuff like that, it really does like when people hear that or even at the panels and stuff like that, it really... You know, it triggers that nostalgia in the back of your head, and it's it's nice. And, um, you know, this year, definitely tying stuff together, like having trying to get all the Ninja Turtles or having multiple people from, you know, this anime. Or there's, like, an older movie that we're bringing a lot of the cast from that we haven't announced them yet. Um, you know, so we can get them all in one thing. So not reunions per se, but, you know, so there is some of that. But then you're also at the mercy of who's available. Mm. There was multiple guests I tried to get that, you know, were filming movies or – TV shows, and I'm working on like one pretty big guest right now, and there's supposedly uh, the chance of a writer strike happening. Right, and they're recording. Uh, so when I originally talked to them, they're like, "Oh, this is perfect. It's right when filming ends for the sh- season of the TV show. It'll be great." Um, but now, if that happens, it's going to bump everything else back, and that could cause all sorts of havoc. And and that's not just for that one guest. That's going to be the case for anybody that's on anything that's scripted that isn't done filming yet. So we'll see what happens. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in play that you don't really think about when you're looking mm-hmm. at booking guests, you know? Sure. I mean, and I have to say from moderating, you know, the, the panels at the last show, mm-hmm. you know, as far as the um, the effect that the voice actors can have on myself as well and on the audience, like whenever they, you know, would, would break out a voice of one of, one of their favorite mm-hmm. characters, you know, one of the yeah. uh, most famous characters, uh, you know, people were so into it. So, you know, that is really cool. And, and certainly the folks that you had, um, you know, at the show previously, 
you know, from from what I could see up on stage and on the floor, like they really seemed like they were engaging with with fans. And everything. yeah, and I think that's cool too. You know, I like and I, I, you know, not that we're not the sm- I keep saying this to people this year. We're not a, the biggest show, but we're definitely not the smallest show. We're like a nice little mid sized show. But I think that's where the industry's swinging, and people are sick of like being shoulder to shoulder and not being able to move and. Um, you know, you can spend the day there, breathe, and you mm-hmm. can actually get a couple minutes talking to your the guest, you know, or it's the person you came to see where you're not just like 10 seconds, here's your little scribble and a photo, get out of the way, the next person's coming. Um, and that's nice. And I think that that's the experience that people are looking for these days. And uh, so that's what we're trying to provide. Right. I know it's always challenging, but is it getting, like now this is the fourth time you're planning the show. Does, is it <laughs> getting easier oh, or yeah, just yeah. different different problems? I mean, there's always stuff, but no, it 100% gets easier every year because even, you know, we're focusing on the guest aspect right now, but, you know, the first year, there's so many fly-by-night operations these days and, like, shows that everyone thinks they can run a show and then when it comes time, like, they don't have the money together, they don't have this, nobody shows up, they didn't advertise. A million things go wrong um, and it, it's hard, you know, Um and so because of that, whenever it's a first year show, you really have to campaign and try and convince people that you're not that. Right. And, um, you know, people want money up front because they don't trust that you're, you know, they're going to do well enough or get paid at the end. Uh, and that, that creates all sorts of issues because if you need fifty, a hundred thousand dollars up front, you know, ob- there's obvious complications for that. Um, so that aspect alone makes things a lot easier. They see that you have a well-run show. They've heard good things. Um, so they're more likely to give you guests. Um, agents will also, because they know the guests are going to do all right. Sometimes they'll even offer you guests at no cost, even though you still got to fly them in and hotel and food. Mm-hmm. So there's always a cost, but at least there's no guarantee. Right. And, um, or if there's another big guest there that is really big, they know that just because they're there, those fans are coming to see them. They're going to get that, you know, splash over. Mm-hmm. So it, it does get easier every year. Also like, you know, you kind of figure out the floor plan tweaks and, it's easier to react to things and move things around and know the space you're working with. And, and hopefully people came the year before they come back and it snowballs year to year to year and you grow and grow and grow. And, and that's how you get bigger guests and then more people, you know, and yeah. that's, that's how these things work, right? So um, it's a challenge nonetheless and it's a lot of work, but those things make a huge difference in easing some of the strains. Right. Cool. Uh, as far as, you know, the guests and the panels and everything, uh, do, you, do you have a moderator yet? No, so yeah, so that that was one of the challenges. You did a great job last year, but because you you know you're going to be working with alternate, um, you know that left the void. So I put up a post. There's a there's a Facebook group of just people who promote shows, and uh, I put up a post just asking like, what do you typically do? And um, a, a million different people responded with different things, but I got a private message from a, a gentleman who this is what he does. He works during the week. Um, he actually lives in Florida. Hmm. But he works during the week, and um, he does panel moderation on the end. And he, you know, he uh, actually brought up Crystal because he's worked with C two E two and other oh, gotcha. pop shows and stuff like that. And he's like, I guess he saw mutual friends, and he's like, I've worked with this person and this person and this person, and um, you know, they had nothing but great things to say. And uh, you know, so I think that's what we're gonna do. Oh, I talked okay. to him on the phone the good. other day, and barring something happening, I'm gonna meet with him at C two E two because he's gonna be there doing the panels. Okay, and. Um, you know, Delando had great things to say. He said, this is the type, you give him a schedule and you don't have to think about anything. And that's what I'm looking for. You know, yeah, there's yeah, so many yeah. other things going on. I don't want to have to like run up and down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And, so yeah, so that's working out. All so, right, good. Hopefully. Yeah. So, you know, again, I, I had a great time doing it last year. It was the, I think the most challenging thing was that, you know, so much of it was out of my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. like doing the Power Rangers panel. 
no prep needed for that, right? Very like, hard, I can imagine, yeah. But for a lot of, you know, the voice actors and anime, it's like just not something I'm as familiar with. So, you know, a lot more prep went into it. But for this year, you know, I was so excited, you know, when Steve said he was going to do the show. I'm like, this is great. I'll be, I'll be at the booth all weekend. And I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know if, you know, if you were looking yeah. for me to do that. And thankfully, yeah, you know, I had thought all, about it already. All worked I figured out. that was going to be an issue, but yeah. Yeah. No, but, all right, no, it's good. good. Good, good. No, I'm sure it'll be great. Um, and I'm glad that you have, you know, a lead on, on that moderator. Yeah. And then that'll solve that problem. You know, instead of having to figure it out every year, like hopefully he'll be yeah. the guy forever, you know? But as far as, um, you know, like, pre like you say, you know, you feel pressure, like you hope that, you know, it, the show does well for Steve and obviously for all the other vendors. Uh, I, I feel the pressure too on, on both ends. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, I've, I've encouraged Steve to do this. So it's like, <laughs> I hope he does well. Uh, and then, you know, you've been so great with, you know, having us at the show. It's like, I hope, you know, I hope we pull in our former customers. I mean, like, you know, that's certainly one of my goals, you know, from the, the personal side, but more so, you know, so we can move of course, some product of and get, get more but, comics yeah. fans to the show. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that will be the case. And we definitely, by not being on free comic book day this year, we're, we're going to have a lot more comic guys, but you know, we, we try very hard to balance, like, not having, like, um, I had two different supply companies messaging me for the last week, you know, that sell, like, top loaders and, you know, sleeves and all sorts of that type of stuff. Um, but I'm not going to have more than one at the show because it's pointless. You know, let them make their money. If you have two, the same amount of money is getting spent, just split in half. So why, why right, do it? Right. And, um, but with, I said to them, I said, you know, comic vendors are the one vendor where you can have you know, a hundred and they're going to have, you know, some crossover, but almost a hundred different selections. So it's fine. Right. You know, so the more, the better. So I'm excited to have that. I know he's probably got some good stuff buried in there and, um, <laughs> speaking, it should be good. Speaking of supplies, there was, you know, uh, you know, a number of us within the alternate realities community have been talking to Steve about, you know, what he should do with the show. And there was a brief horrifying moment where uh, it, it seemed like he was serious. I, I, I suspected <laughs> he wasn't, but there it seemed like he might be serious that he <laughs> he was just going to bring pre-made bags and boards. That's it. <laughs> the rationale was that, uh, as he likes to say, that was our bestseller at Alternate Realities. You know, you can buy a pack of 100 bags yeah. and a pack of 100 boards for, I don't know, $15, $20. He would sell a pre-made bag and board for 25 cents. And it always astounded him that so many people bought the pre-made bags and boards, despite the fact that they were ultimately spending more money. Yeah. But they wanted the convenience of not having to make it up. But and also when you leave the store with it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of the guys were convinced. They were like, He's, he just wants to have like 10 long boxes of bags and boards. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Thankfully, that's not the direction uh, he's going in. But there was that brief moment where I was like, this is going to be a disaster. I know, you know, despite that we do have multiple comic stores here, which we're, um, that's another thing. We, we worked it out so that we could have, um, I went to all the local stores and th they're going to be at the show. And then also we're going to let them sell tickets to the show at their respective nice. stores so that people all over the county don't have to go to the county center to avoid the stupid online fees and things like that. They can just go to the local store that they're going to anyway. And then also some people that might not know about it will see the little ad at the store and it works for everybody. Yep. And then we'll put on the website, go to Spiders Web, go to All Your Comics, go to New York Hardcore, you know, and whoever else. And uh, so it's another, that's how I like to work, you know, mutually beneficial across the board. Everybody wins. So, um, so that's going to be good too. So we will have a pretty good comic. But even though we have those here, this central location is just kind of, there's a void. Because you have to go all the way to Harrison, even though it's not far, but it's it's a 20 minutes out of the way. Or you got to go to the Spider's Web, which is, again, the other side mm -hmm. of the city. Um, New York Hardcore, Dobbs Ferry, still no direct route. 
So this like area right here, there are a lot of people looking for comics. You know, they go to like um, Newberry in the mall. You know, and it's like <laughs> the furthest. Even though it's a comic store, it's not a comic store. You know, but um, they do that just because that's you know the only thing convenient. So I think like we do have a a lot of people looking for books, especially back issues, because some yeah. of these stores are on the smaller side. They don't have that huge backlog. And that's why some of the vendors that don't have stores and only deal with back issues are good, but then they don't have any new releases. So then the store guys have the new releases and yeah. I think it's going to be good. Everybody kind of has their little thing that they're going to do. Like, oh yeah, is bringing some of the uh, kids workshops and things like that. That oh, I was good. talking to them yesterday. Good, good. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to grow all that stuff. But again, space is at a premium. So I'm trying to fit all that stuff in and it's, it's, it's hard because yeah. I'm trying to figure out what I got to cut out to do so. No, I was, uh, I know, you know, you had mentioned ahead of time that you were planning to reach out to the local stores and I was very happy to hear that they were on board with this. Uh, I know, you know, New York Hardcore has been at the show Yeah, before. they're there every year. Yeah. Spider's Web has been Spider's there Web at least once. The la not last year because it was a free comic book day, but right. the year before. So I know they'd been there before yeah. and I know, oh yeah, had never been. Yeah, they have not. Um, but again, I think it makes a lot of sense for all the reasons that you said and, you know, for for those stores in particular, again, with the location, like this is an opportunity now for them to tap into. Yeah, you can get a you know, lot of new customers. To customers like, that they wouldn't otherwise have access to like, that hopefully will go yeah, to the store. For less than the cost of like running an ad, you're, you're selling stuff, so you're recouping that money anyway. And yeah. you're literally reaching your exact customers yeah. who may not know you're there or right. maybe they just need that reminder, you know? I mean, Mark at all, yeah. I mean, to his credit, like he'll, he will set up at, uh, Alamo Draft yeah. House at the movie theater, you know, when the superhero movies come out, you know, so that's great. And I, you know, I give him credit for doing that. I'm glad he was on board. To be honest, that was a store I was most, not I say skeptical, but I was like, I don't know if, if they'll, if they'll go for the convention because again, the other stores have done it. They haven't. Yeah. So now you actually went in person. Yeah, I did it. I spent a day and I went around to each of them, uh, myself and Carlos and Jake. Is that and your first time at all? Yeah. No, I had been there oh. once or twice before just checking it out, like when they first opened and then. I think I was looking for something one other time, but um, but yeah. How, if you don't mind me asking, yeah. like how um, how receptive was Mark, or how much convincing? Oh, did like, he need? so going in, I th I thought the same thing. I was like, I know New York is New York hardcore is going to be all about it because they do it anyway, and they're doing other shows and stuff like that. Spiders Web, I don't see at any other shows, but they have done it in the past, and I know last year was Free Comic Book Day. Um, but also, you know, I figured they would go for. From my perspective. There's zero reason not to go for it because you're getting free advertising, you're mm -hmm. getting space at the convention, and you, are, you know it's great all around. But you never know. Some people just don't want to change their they habits. Right. So I walked in. I uh, I went to Spider's Web first, and um, and he was you know took like I explained to him real quick, and he was all about. It. He's like, this sounds great. Like you don't even have to explain anymore. This sounds like a you know a great thing. I said, okay, cool. I'll be in touch once the tickets go on sale. Um, then I went to New York. Obviously, that was two seconds. And then we went to, oh, yeah. And I thought the same thing. I said, if anyone's going to say no, not not in a negative fashion, right, just right. because they haven't done it before and things like that, this is going to be the one. But I walked in and instantly, like I would say, like I started to explain the same thing within 30 seconds. Also, they work a lot with Terrific Con yes. um, and Mohegan Sun, and uh, which Mitch, who runs that show, is a great guy also. And I know he does a lot of stuff. So I thought, all right, maybe they even had the sign on the door, like, you know, tickets on sale. So basically the same type of thing. So I thought maybe that might cause a problem, but he's like, no, it's no problem. You know, that's two hours away, which it is, even though we share similar customers, but um, we're all at each other's shows anyway. We all know each other. And um, he said, no, it's no problem. Sounds great. Um, let me just talk to my partner and figure out, you know, if he wants to have a table to do art and stuff like that. And then as we talked about it, he said, you know, I know these other two guys who do the kids workshops and, you know, they're interested in doing it. You know, do you have the space for it? And I said, yeah, you know, we, you know and, that, and the same thing, like I said, with Steve, I want to figure all this out now mm -hmm. before... 
I sell all the booths and then I can't, you right. know? So, and then, yeah, so everybody was very receptive, which again, they should be because this is about as good of an ad as you can get, you know? Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think that's great. And I mean, so is having a stronger comics presence, I mean, is that a goal for you going into the show? Yeah, for sure. Because there are people that come looking for that, you know, specifically, that's what they're there for. They don't right. care about toys. They don't care about games. They don't care about the guests. They're looking for back issues of comics or whatever. Right. So that's definitely a main thing. And like I said, that's one of the few things you can fill up the floor with and not overlap. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a, a strong thing. We had, you know, a couple last year, but nowhere near what I wanted just because of free comic book. You can't leave your store on that day. So we right. had the guys that don't have stores. Right. Um, so we're going to have a lot of comics this year. Um, that's, that's great. Um, yeah. no, I'm excited for that. I mean, I think, I think you're poised, you know, to have uh, a lot of growth this year, because if you retain the people who've been before and, you know, the anime fans yeah. and the animation fans, and you can pull in more comic people. Exactly. And that's, that's what I'm really, tr I mean, and that's the goal every year, but this year I'm specifically trying to like, you know, we have the anime, we have the cartoons, we have, I'm trying to, you know, I'm working on booking one or two face actors you know when i say face actors like right. the, the voice actors are great but people if you saw them walk by on the street you might not even know um so people that people can uh see and identify with um and then you know the wrestler you know or you know the horror act you know just something to hit on each genre you know so that the sum is you know there for everybody so even if there's one thing you want there's a reason to come right comics are the hardest thing um getting the vendors is one thing but the comic guests so hard like honestly it's still the biggest challenge and all these other shows either are in that industry already and that's where they came from or they have like somebody that is dedicated working for the show that that's their job is just booking artist alley and stuff like right. that you know you know, we definitely have our associates for this, but I do, uh, you know, overwhelming majority of the booking myself. And that's the one thing that's like my weakest point, you know. So every year it helps, you know. I, I know um, Ken Marion's coming back. I talked to him the other day and stuff like that. Oh, okay, so, yeah. good. Okay, and he good. seemed, he was so happy. He's like, I had a great time. You know, I'm really happy oh, to nice. come back. Because we were texting and he was like, I think I'm going to do the show. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. it'll be great. I'm glad. Cool. Good. Yeah. So I got to send him an email back. I was crazy all weekend. But, um, you know, that's the thing, trying to find more people. And then, oh, yeah, I was going to bring some of that. You know, so it does grow each year, but that's definitely the hardest part and something that I want to continue to grow. Well, it's, you know, it's funny, like with the creators, because, you know, uh, periodically when I, you know, post about the podcast or, you know, I'll, I'll solicit suggestions for episodes or seasons or, or, or just solicit feedback generally, one thing that keeps coming up is like, oh, you should have more creators on the show. It's not for lack of interest. It's like, yeah. it's it's difficult. And especially since I do like to do these in person. I mean, that really adds a whole, yeah. whole layer. But just like, you know, trying to get them, it's hard. you know, to come out. It, it's tough. With All Yeah, though, um, you know, they really do have a lot of connections with creators yeah. in, in the industry. So that, you know, and that's what that you might need. be a way to yeah, you know, and, get in touch you know, with someone potentially. And it's hard, especially in this area, just because there's so many shows that everybody already has that hookup and... You know, people are doing the other shows. Yeah. That's that's another interesting thing for this year, actually, is we're getting some vendors that are like somebody I see at a lot of shows, but they live all the way in like Nashville or something. Um, and they're coming out because you can do a whole East Coast run the way the show's lined up this year. You can do um, Awesome Con, Hudson Valley Comic Con, East Coast Comic Con, Cradle Con in Long Island, Us, um, Chiricon in Connecticut and Wizard World Philly seven weeks in a row without going more than two hours hmm. away. So even if you're from the West Coast, you can come out here yeah. and just do a string of shows and you don't have to drive back and forth or do any of this stuff. So I think a lot of people are kind of doing that this year, which is nice that it lined up that way. Yeah. It's interesting. Jumping back to the to the non-comics guests yeah. for a second. Uh, if you ever get a Smallville guest, 
I don't care what professional <laughs> moderator you have. Yeah. I want that. Sure, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I thought about it, but like Wizard World has been doing um, Tom Welling and uh, Rosenbaum. Like, yeah, at every show. Yeah. Like that's their thing this year. I think they just signed them for the year or whatever. So I'm pretty sure they didn't announce them for Philly yet, but I'm 99% sure they're going to be a Philly. And Rosenbaum is at Terrificon because yeah. they're doing the Justice League voice yeah. thing. So, you, you know. know what though? If you ever did get Rosenbaum, you would have no need for a moderator. Because yeah, I don't know if you've oh, watched. I've, I've seen clips. Yeah, he doesn't need one. Yeah. He just does his own thing. So I would just be sitting there anyway. But it would be, <laughs> it would be fun to meet him. Yeah. Uh, but no, very cool. You know, I mean, I think it's great that. So uh, obviously, alternate realities. Oh yeah, New York hardcore, Spider's Web. Um, any other like comic shops that you expect? Um, there's a place called Next Gen that's in Long Island. Um, okay. They do a lot of conventions, but they have a shop. He's coming. Um, another store that he works with, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. They're coming. Um, and then, um, you know, a lot of the guys, like I said, that don't have stores that just do shows, we have a few of them coming as well. So th right there, I mean, that's already over 10 vendors that have decent selections. Um, and there's Good. more, you know. Because, you know, one of the things Steve mentioned at, at some point, you know, he talked about a show he did like years and years ago where like he was one of the only comics vendors there and, and he, you know, he didn't do well. And I was like, well, you know, you, you won't be the only one. Like there no. will be more more comics vendors. Um, so no, I think that's great. And, you know, for people listening to this, like if you haven't been to the show before, like, I mean, I really <laughs> hope you'll, uh, you'll you'll come check it out. Yeah, please do. <laughs> it helps, you know, it's a, it's a mom and pop you know, operation and every person that comes, you know, directly helps. The last convention that alternate realities did was, uh, I don't know, like 2013 or 14. It was like not long before the store closed. It was at the Westchester County yeah, Center. Remember, it yeah. wasn't your that's, show. Obviously. That's what's East Coast Comic Con now. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. It was just one day. And, uh, that's the last time we did it. This will have a larger setup at your yeah. show than we did there. Um, but that was the last one. And, and prior to that, we really hadn't done conventions I mean, pretty much in the entire time I was part of the store. I mean, it, back in the day, they used to do it a lot more. So my point is we're... Uh, it was different then. Out yeah. of practice. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and as someone who does shows all the time, I mean, any... Um, like, just for example, uh, I haven't floated this to Steve yet. I doubt he'll be on board. But, you know, uh, like credit cards. Yeah. Because I know there's the Square Reader you can get and a Squarespace account, right? Do you do you recommend that? So we had, um, because we had a store, we had a dedicated like terminal and then we purchased a portable version of that um, that had its own like uh, cell service in it for conventions. Um, but last year we switched over to Square um, just because uh, I like that the hardware is gorgeous. It looks like a little, you know, iPhone that's just built in. Um, you don't have to print receipts. They just text or email. So that's another thing. We, we would have like a mountain of receipts we had to keep. Uh you know, you can use Wi-Fi. If if the the thing goes down, you can do it on anybody's cell phone. And then also Square does like some cool things where like they'll they'll give you lines of credit based on your swipes. So like let's say, you know, you do X amount a year, they might give you fifty thousand dollars in credit and then they just recover that um, off of future swipes. They just take like 15% oh. out of your future swipes because they can see how much you're doing on a regular basis. And that helps a lot too, especially in this industry. Like, you know, say some crazy collection comes up and you need 40 grand in cash, you know, you can draw from that and then pay it down as you, and you're going to pay it as you sell that stuff that you bought. Right. So things like that. There's a lot of reasons. And I like Square. You can access it from wherever. Um, but do you, I mean, you recommend whether it's that or something else, you recommend taking credit cards? Oh, you, yeah, you yeah. You have to take credit cards. Okay, well, because yeah. <laughs> I suspect Steve's response will be no, like cash only. But I bring this up because it's like again, he's, you know, he's not been behind the the table yeah. at a convention in a while, and I would assume most people, people, a lot of people, people bring cash. Don't get me wrong, but it does go really quickly, right? And you know, there's also people that will spend money they do not have 
because they have a credit card and they can do it. Maybe they don't get paid till next week right. and they have the money now on their card. Um, and also one thing with conventions nowadays is 99% of the guests only take cash. So people end up stripping all their cash out, getting autographs and photo ops and things like that. Gotcha. And then they go shopping with what's left over. Um, so you, you really want to take credit cards. And it's so easy now. Like any, literally any person can take Square. Like you don't even need to have a store or a license or, you know, a tax ID or anything. I might just play this, this snippet of you <laughs> yeah, that's for fun. him because I think, you know, he, um, I've said this to you before, I think both on and off mic, he thinks very highly of you. He, oh, I, he, that means a lot to me. I really does. He admi very much admires the work ethic. Uh, so I think if I were to say like, hey, Steve, I really think you should, you should take credit cards. He'll have a, a million reasons why, why not. Um, but I think maybe if he hears it from you, well, I, I hope so. It'll, but it'll carry no, some it weight. will make a huge difference because you know, I mean, think about like who I, I almost never have cash on me. Anymore, I never you know have what cash. I mean? And say you have like a nice statue or something that's hundreds of dollars. Like you're not, you know, yeah. some people have it on them, but for the most part you could lose that, you know, like people right. don't do that. It's a different world now. And also like going to the tattoo shop for a second, like we used to do like almost all cash. And now I think. 90% of our transactions are credit cards, even though people have the cash on them because you get points, you get airline miles, you get this and that. So you get cash back. If you have a 3% cash back, now your $500 statue is a little cheaper, you mm -hmm. know, and or you get some airline miles or something like that. So everybody uses cards for everything. So yeah. you really are at a disadvantage. Like we printed a sign that on our banner, it says like all the different credit cards and PayPal and all that. And I can't tell you like how many people come straight to us because they see that and they yeah. just don't know that the other ones take it. All right, I'll, I'll work yeah. on that. Uh, but it's true. Like my wife is and her whole family, they're real big on the, I mean, our whole honeymoon was points. Like they're big yeah. travelers. And anyway, um, all right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him about that. The one thing that I've been, uh, you know, trying to steer him toward is really taking advantage of the proximity between the county center and the warehouse where mm -hmm. he has all of his yeah. product. Because it's the sort of thing, and going back to another one of his Odoisms, you know, having backups for backups of backups. I said to him, I'm like, you know, we can have... You know, you bring a mix of things because you don't really know yeah. what's what's going to be moving the most and have backup lots of each of those things. So if you bring yeah. statues and they fly, one of us will run to the warehouse and get more statues. Exactly. And, and you could do that with anything. No, it's key. Like that's one of the reasons we do so well at New York Comic Con is that we're able to come back every night and oh, restock yeah. exactly what we're missing. We can't do that at any other show. And it makes a huge difference, like a huge, 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 huge difference. So you need to like... That's all going to be in the prep beforehand too, because like if he again, if he has it, don't bring five of the same statue with you, right. because it might just take up space. Bring the biggest mix you can, and then just restock it. Or even if you have like, rent a U-Haul, it's going to cost like twenty bucks. Keep it in the U-Haul, and then you go run out into the parking lot and get some more. Well, Westies has vans, and since he's their best customer, yeah. I think they'll probably <laughs> let him. <laughs> yeah, same thing. <laughs> you know, depending how much space you need, you know that. But that's the thing. We keep a lot of back stock in the van or trailer, and then we can even run into the parking lot and go get it if we sell out of something, you know. Yeah. Or keep the boxes in there, um, so that if you do sell, just give us two seconds, we'll get the box for you. Uh, this way, you're not wasting a ton of your booth space storing all the giant right. empty containers and things like that. Yeah. Th so that's, I guess, been the the biggest thing I, I've been trying to gently, you know, because Steve has very specific views of what he wants to do, and, and I respect that. Oh, well, yeah, but, you know, again, I want this to be as successful for him as possible. And I think, so that's sort of, I've just been trying to encourage him, you know, again, take advantage of how close you are, bring a yeah. mix of stuff, have backups. Uh, I will talk to him about the credit card processing. Um, any any other general tips that no, you I, that comes really, to mind? No, really, the prep is key. You know, if, if he does have extra stuff in storage, make sure it's accessible, you know where it is. Have it all, you know, ready to go. Like going back to what I said with New York Comic Con, like if we have 
72 of a pop and it's a 40 show, I'll pre-make allocations of 18s so that if we do run through it, who cares if you sell 72 the first day or you sell 18, 18, 18, it's the same thing, but you're not wasting all that space. You can now bring more things, stuff like right, that, right. you know, just have it ready to go. So at the end of the night, you can even run over to, if Westies is open, I don't know if they're 24 hour or whatever, and just go refill the van and bring for, it back the next Steve, day. they'll be 24 yeah, seven. There you go. <laughs> so I know my storage is, but not all of them do it. But yeah, you just run in, refill the van, and come back the next morning. You know that's what we do after we get some food, and then we go to the van and trailer for a couple hours, restock everything that's missing, and we're ready to go the next morning. Yeah, and that's key. I mean, you can't sell it if you don't have it, right? Yeah. And see if people ask for something and you know you have it. You know he's local, which is nice, so he can say, "Hey, I can you could buy this and I could ship it to you. I can come get it. I can bring it tomorrow." I, you have a lot of options that you don't have when you're halfway across the country, right? And I think for him, you know, because I, I had a lunch with him and we talked a little bit about. Because that was the thing that I was trying to get a sense of from him. It's like, what yeah. do you want to get out of this? Because it's not, you know, yeah. it's not my show <laughs> yeah. or store. So it's like, you know, what what do you want to get out of this? And for him, he there are a, a couple specific types of items that, because for people, just as a quick recap, he's been selling his remaining product on eBay. And there are certain items like statues and hardcovers that are more challenging to ship. So I know yeah. those are some of the things that yeah. he's hoping to really move at the show. But he did also say, and I think this is great, and I, I hope, I know he will do this, is, you know, uh, maybe have some flyers with his eBay oh, yeah. account stuff yeah, and definitely, things like that. Definitely so, want that. You know, and I'm sure there, again, my my personal hope is that we'll be able to pull, and getting the word out to them is, is, will be really critical, but getting the word out to our former customers you know, this show is going to be June 2020, five years since the store closed. I see. You know, so a lot of these people we haven't seen in a long time. I know a lot of them are at Spider's Web. So, yeah, because uh, they'll I, be coming through, too. And and yeah. a lot of them might be coming to the show to begin with. So, like, yeah. th there should be, you know, some excitement for it. But I genuinely and maybe I'm a cockeyed optimist, <laughs> but I genuinely think for a lot of our customers, I mean, you know, if they're if they're available, if they're able to come, those are yeah. question marks. But if they are. I don't know. I mean, the you know, Steve engendered a lot of goodwill with these people over all these years, and we really saw that, especially when the store closed. So I would, I would like to think that if an AR customer sees like AR as a vendor at the show, that that would be some sort of pull. Yeah, and so you have we'll that see. cool little graphic made up. So we'll do some promotion on our side too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah Chris yeah. Giarusso, he that knocked nice, it out yeah. of the park with yeah, that. That's that really was, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's you know, that's what I picture in my head when I think about you guys being there. You know, so it's cool <laughs> to see that yeah. with Bring the former the store sign. Yeah, you put it up. I mean, that, oh, that, big, but. that wasn't in the art by accident. Yeah. So there you go. You know, but now we're, we're, well, I think I'm very excited. Steve, <laughs> Steve uh, <laughs> I don't know if I would say he's excited, but he's, he's on board and that's, that's not nothing. We have Bill Mayo. Yeah, former, that's cool. I, I flying, haven't seen him in he's forever. He's flying in for this. Like he's, he's really excited for it. Um, you know, Brian O'Day. Well, yep. he'll be there doing yeah. uh, he's private security. He's already requested uh, Rob Paulson. Oh, has he? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but no, very cool. Our, uh, when will tickets be on sale? So I'm trying for, we're going away. So this is the end, mid of, middle of February and we're recording this. Sorry, spoiler alert. We're going to C2E2 Monday uh, and then in Chicago and then straight to Cleveland. So we're going to be gone for two weeks. Um, I had a meeting at the county center on Friday um, and they're working on a new ticketing uh, thing um, that works with Ticketmaster but has like a quarter of the fees. So... I'll stop for a second. Eh, getting here. The phone's ringing. Sorry, um, we're ambience. at the store. Yeah, but um, yeah, we don't have my uh, my home recording yeah. space anymore. The baby, <laughs> the baby took it. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we're working on something to reduce the ticketing fees dramatically for people that buy online and stuff like that. So they're waiting to set that up. So I'm hoping sometime by the middle of March when we get back. Um, mm. But absolutely by the end of March. Um, 
and they'll be on sale. And like I said, we'll have them online. You can go to the county center or at all the local stores. You know, you can stop in when you're getting your comics and pick up your tickets. All right, very good. So everyone listening, keep an eye out for that. And obviously, you know, this is really the theme of the season, so we're <laughs> going to keep talking about the show. Uh, but yeah, I hope, you know, if you're a listener and you're in the area or you're going to be in the area or you can be in the area, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I you encourage know, you to come. Please. And again, if, you, if you're not familiar, it's we're like 25 minutes from New York City, a few minutes from Connecticut, close to Jersey. PA is a straight shot off the highway. All the buses and trains, the train from Grand Central and the city stops in the parking lot of the venue. There's really no reason. You know, it's a good central location um, and uh, it's going to be a good show. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Steve Odo is going to open up the alternate realities <laughs> vault. Yeah. But who I'm knows like, what's in there? But to one of your earlier points, I mean, you know, again, as far as having, you know, multiple vendors, but them sort of covering different areas. Mm-hmm. Again, the store closed five years ago, so there's nothing, you know, Steve doesn't have, have anything that recent, you know, but there's but that's a whole. That's what people will probably be looking yeah, for. Yeah, there's this whole yeah. period from a few years ago that's been yeah. perfectly preserved and, in the and warehouse. And if it's good stuff, all the other vendors are going to be long out of it too. So, right. you know. And, uh, and even if it's stuff that sells on eBay, there's no fees, you right. know, so you can move through it there quicker. So, you know, the theme and title of the season is, or season, mini-series is Homecoming. And so in addition to AR's Homecoming at this convention and the convention returning, we have my documentary film, yeah. My Comic Shop Country, coming out. It's been a long road uh, to get to this point. And I had, I did an episode with my wife last year. We talked about the movie generally and we talked about the little cast and crew and kickstarter backer screening that we had in march 2018 since then and i just based on the recording schedule i didn't really have much of an opportunity to talk about this on the show but the movie screened uh, a handful of other times and i figured i could do a quick recap of those now uh it was interesting each well first let me say every screening you know i appreciated having the opportunity and it really meant a lot to me, you know, the screenings where we only had a few people and the screenings where we had a lot of people. Like, I appreciate every one that came out. But I will say, like, each screening had its own uh, stressors, I guess. Mm. But I, more so, I think, than in the past, like, I was really able to take something uh, positive and valuable from each one. So, you know, we did that little March uh, test screening. And then um, our next big screening was in July uh, Sean Hendricks, the yeah. new owner of I saw that, yeah. Fat Moose Comics. You know, Sean is in the documentary. He's been on the show multiple times. I've always introduced him as, you know, Fat Moose clerk, uh, Sean Hendricks, but he recently took over uh, at the beginning of 2020 as, as the owner. And I spoke to him and he said that uh, you guys had connected. Yeah, he called. Well. He called. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, so he really, yeah, no, that's, we're very happy for him. And he's actually going to be on our April 8th episode. Oh, cool. uh, it's going to be a special uh, documentary commentary track. Uh, and Chris will be up. Uh, Chris, <laughs> you're Chris. Uh, Sean, Sean will be on for that. But uh, he really spearheaded this Jersey screening because he had a lot of interest among his customers to see it. Uh, so I was like, all right, like that'll be fun. It'll be it'll be a good time. So we rented out the Darris Theater and sold tickets. And it's, this is in Booton, New Jersey. Very old theater. Um, nice guy who ran it. I think he was actually in the process of selling or shutting oh. it down. So we might, I don't know, might have yeah. been one of the last ones. And we had, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 people. So well, it was a decent amount, turnout. Yeah. The audiovisual presentation was was challenging. Uh, uh, there were these huge fans like right by the speakers and uh, the screen was like out of focus. And for me as the filmmaker, yeah, you, nuts. you know, it drove me nuts. But uh, again, focusing on the positive, like the people still seemed into it. And so my takeaway was that it was, the story was strong enough to overcome maybe not the sharpest presentation. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like that's a good sign. People weren't like, oh, this is, t-, you know, like they were still able to to get into it. So that was good. 
The next screening was mid-August. So this was now very close to the birth of our son. <laughs> so I, yeah, Steph was so pregnant. I remember, yeah. Uh, and this was a film festival screening, uh, the Chain New York City Film Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, relatively young fest, uh, but I just came across it in my research and I said, oh, it looks, looks like a cool one that I submitted and it, thankfully it got in. We had a very, very small turnout for that. And it was frustrating because it was, you know, it was in the city. It was on a Sunday. Yeah. But again, you know, weekends, uh, you know, over yeah. the summer, like people go away. It's the city. It's, There's it's a million tough. things going on. Exactly. Hard. Uh, but, you know, I was hoping for a little stronger uh, of, a, of a turnout. But again, good responses. And uh, there was, I got a great review of the movie coming out of it. And oh. I've been able to kind of show that movie. That's forward. awesome. And it won an award. Oh, great. It won yeah, the that's awesome. Best to New Work Award. Cool. I said, what is that? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Look, it's nice. You can put that on the cover. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, it's funny because like all the other, so I, unfortunately, I, I couldn't go to the award ceremony because it was, you know, like days before yeah. the birth. But as we were leaving the screening, one of the organizers, he was like, are you going to come back for the awards? And I said, I, I don't know. He's like, you should really come. I was like, <laughs> oh, like this is, yeah. you know, this is, this is really nice. Uh, so unfortunately I couldn't make it, but I saw the list online and, you know, all the other awards, it's like, you know, all the typical things you would expect, like best directing or yeah. best edited, whatever. And, um, you know, and best new work, what, like, <laughs> what is that? So I asked him and he was like, oh, it's like looking at life in a different way or, or something like that. So I was like, all right, so that works. Cool. Yeah. Shining a, I guess shining a light on something that people um, might not know that you maybe wouldn't yeah. know. That's good. Uh, so that was that. So again, you know, really the review and the, and the award, you know, were, were wonderful things that are actually like tangible pieces that I can, I can take moving forward. The next screening I did not attend and I've not heard a single thing about it. So I have no idea how it went, but it played at Keystone Comic-Con. Oh yeah. Yeah. Were I wasn't there. there. No, no, no. It was, it took, uh, that show was the same time as Chicago last year. Okay. We were there. Uh, so yeah. So re one of Reed Pop's newer shows, uh, in Philadelphia and they actually, I think, reached out to me through through our mutual friend Delando, and uh, so it played there. I don't know, I don't know how it went. I <laughs> I got to imagine. I mean, it's a big show. People definitely saw it. Hopefully, there's uh, no panels that people don't go to at those things. Yeah, so. I have to say, you know, normally the the prospect of having to miss any of my screenings, you know, I I, I would hate that. But th for this, I was like. It's quite all right. Yeah, no, I, that would that would be hard for me too. That was uh, that was literally the day he was born. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but so it did screen at Keystone Comic. If if you're listening to this and you were at Keystone Comic Con and you went to the screening, please let me know because I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but but it did screen there. Uh, then most of the fall was quiet, but then we had a late fall screening uh, in November at YoFi Fest, mm -hmm. the yeah. Yonkers Film Festival, in literally the same room that we had our test screening. Not as many seats filled uh, at this one. Again, uh, you know, not to harp on this, but a little frustrating because, you know, one of the stores in the movie, Spider's Web, is yeah. 15 minutes from the yeah, location. And I was hoping for a little spillover, but but that's okay. But again, as far as the positives, uh, there was a mostly, I would say, older crowd and uh, not into comics. And that's what you want. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, not nervous, but I was like, hey, you know, I wonder how this is going to play for them. Like, hopefully it plays well because the, the goal for this has never been just to appeal to comics people. Mm -hmm. I really think it taps into something larger. And during the Q&A, there was this, this older woman and she raised her hand and she was like, you know, I'm not into comics and I, I may be off base here. And I was like, oh, where's she going with this? <laughs> she was like... You know, for me, I looked at this as as like like my own routine. Like I have a like a Keurig at home, but I don't I don't make my coffee at home because I rather walk to the local deli 
uh, and get my coffee there so that I can have a conversation with with the people there. She's like, is is that what this is like? I was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kinda, yeah. And that to me, like that really just uh, crystallized everything. And I was like, okay, like if that's what she's getting from this, perfect. Because that's ultimately what this is getting at, yeah. like the sense of community and having the place Everybody has to go. That thing. Uh, so that was really nice. And then the other really, really, really valuable thing about that screening was I knew uh, that I wanted to shave some more time off mm -hmm. the movie. The version you saw the very first time yeah. was uh, an hour 45, and I always knew I was going to trim it. Um, but, you know, people responded so well at that screening. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll just take a few minutes off. And I felt like, you know, it really covered so much. There's so many different topics. I was like... I was like, you know, I, I can, maybe an hour and 40 minutes is okay. Like, it doesn't need to be 90 minutes. And I'm very proud of that 100-minute cut, and that's what played at all of these screenings. But I got to a point where, you know, I was now seeing it over and over, and I was like, okay, I see some places where I can I can reel this in a little bit. And uh, so going into that YoFi screening, I was like, okay, I want to make some notes about where I can trim some more time. Because I had in my head, it was like 85 minutes. Like, that's what I want to get for the final oh, cut. That's hard. And it was, and my wife too, like we were, we were both dialed in and we had a great conversation after about like, okay, like this is where, you know, things can kind of go a little bit. And, um, and then I went right back into editing and I got it down to 86 minutes. Oh, wow. And I, and I watched, I watched the, you know, I got oh, it. Did. I did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I watched it last week. Thanks for sending it. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, it was, I, I noticed like a couple little things, I guess, but it was, it was, it flowed the same to me. So good job, I guess. I didn't notice like <laughs> glaring emissions. Or good. Anything, okay. Know? Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple, I, you know, not, not a ton of people have seen it at this point, but those who have, have basically said the same thing. Like, I don't know what you cut, mm -hmm. which is good. Um, and it's not like I chopped out that entire, means you the right stuff, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't chop out entire segments or anything like that, but it was just the sort of thing where, especially after hearing that comment, you know, from, from that festival goer where mm -hmm. I was like, you know, there were, there were a number of places where we got really specific on, you know, some of the facets of the comic book industry. And I think for comic fans, like, they would probably find it interesting. But for the non-initiated, like, ordering re incentive covers, I was like, yeah. I don't know if we really need that in this. I mean, I think really the themes of community and everything, like, that's really what yeah. is driving this. So I just sort of, um, you know, tightened up some of those things and evened it out a little bit more. Um, I had some new music to work with. Um, there's this band that our mutual friend Ralph Puma mm -hmm. put me in touch with, uh, Basic Printer. Uh, so there's actually a bunch more music uh, in there now uh, and a couple more like montages where I pulled back on some of the talking heads and just kind of let the visuals speak a little bit. Uh, so yeah, overall, uh, yeah, we got down to 86 minutes. And uh, again, for anyone who's, you know, Kickstarter backers or anyone who came to these screenings and saw the original cut, again, I don't know. I mean, and I guess you, you, you've attested to this. I don't know that you necessarily watch it and be like, oh my God, where'd that go? Um, and the things that you hopefully did enjoy, I think are all still there. You still get, you know, a real peek behind the mm. curtain into what goes on behind the scenes of these stores and all of that. Um, uh, but yeah, I, that was sort of my guiding light was like really focusing more on the, the themes and, of And community. the Kickstarter version is the only release now with that, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So that's yeah, a real, a, uh, collector's a real item. collector's item. And then our last screening was, uh, at Oh Yeah Comics in beautiful downtown Harrison oh, yeah, in yeah, December. Yeah. I, I wanted to go to that. I think it was on my birthday or something. That, uh, yes, it was. Yeah. It was. That was uh, attended by the store's owner, Mark Hammond, the beloved Steve Odo, and one customer. We had a very, oh. <laughs> very intimate screening. Uh, but again, it was during the week. It was close to the holidays. Um, it was funny because Mark was like, <laughs> we had a little bit of back and forth. I'm cause, surprised. Because Mark was like, oh, I, like, I have a screen. I'm like, great. But it turned out that was literally all he had. So oh. we, <laughs> but he uh, he event he did actually have a projector that he found and that had speakers, so we were good to go. But uh, for a moment there, it looked like we were only going to have picture and nothing ah. else. But 
Uh, but Odo came and he had the same reaction as you did. He was like, what did you cut? <laughs> uh, so that, that was, was good. You know, that was yeah. good. And I, yeah, I appreciate that Mark, uh, Mark let us do that there. But yeah, so those were the screenings. And now the movie's going to be out. It was a long road to find a distributor. But we got yeah, there. We imagine. have uh, first run features. Uh, they're based out of Manhattan. And they've been in the game since the late 70s. Okay. You know, so they've been around for a while. And, um, you know, we're planning on this release on Apple TV and Amazon and potentially and hopefully other platforms, uh, you know, as we move forward, yeah. but, uh, but at least those two. So for those people, are big ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the for people biggest. who have been looking for uh, a, a way and a place to watch this movie, you know, here you go. Yeah, that's good. Did they do like um, promo and stuff like that? Or do they have like any kind of, I'm sure they got some kind of networking. Yeah. I mean, so they have a publicist they work with and they'll be putting out a press release. Uh, you know, a lot of this is on me, which I understand and that's fine. Yeah. And uh, I'm used to it. So, uh, yeah. you know, especially... You know, my hope is that with their help, I can maybe tap more into, again, the non-comics world. You know, within the comics industry, you know, thankfully, I mean, I have the contacts with the stores and the, the comics press and everything. So I'm confident, you know, we'll get the word out in a, in a big way within the comics industry. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, with, with their help, you know, we can, you know, reach beyond that. Uh, you know, hopefully people watch it and hopefully they like it and we have, you know, <laughs> good word of mouth uh, and, I think and that should help. That, that'll happen over time, you know. That might take months of, oh, oh, check this out, check this right. out. But it happens. Yeah. Believe me, I've, I just watch so much stuff on Amazon that like the algorithm really does work well. Yeah. So if you watch something else, it's going to recommend it. Good. Theoretically. Honestly, even if you just do like a small like Facebook, Instagram campaign, like it doesn't cost much and you get a lot of results. No, I, you I do. You can really yeah. fine the tune that in. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll do some ads. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I could do a whole thing on, you know, documentary distribution. I, I won't, I won't bore people with it, but you know, um, because I know you had messaged me at one point and you mentioned like all these documentaries that are on, yeah, on yeah. Amazon. Amazon is actually fascinating because they have their Prime Video Direct program where unlike pretty much any of these other platforms, you know, content creators can directly mm. upload their, yeah, I think their, that's their awesome. films to Amazon. Um, and you can make it available to rent or buy. Uh, Amazon takes a 50% cut. Yeah. Or you can make it available for Prime streaming. Not as great a deal there. Uh, you get six cents per hour watched. A lot of people, though. I guess. I mean, I don't I, know. I don't know. You know. Uh, but that's sort of how that goes. You know, for everyone who <laughs> a lot of people, you know, were like, "Oh, you get it on Netflix." Yeah, that would be yeah. great. Um, you know, net like when we talk about the uh, like these subscription video on demand yeah. platforms like Netflix Hulu. and Hulu, and of course all these new ones now like Disney Plus and Apple Plus and Peacock, like all these things that are coming out. Uh, you know, they're curated platforms. They don't take just anything. And more so now than ever, a lot of them really seem to be focusing on original content uh, projects they commission as opposed mm. to completed yeah. works that they acquire. And when they are acquiring product, uh, you know, and again, not surprisingly, like they're going for the big festival winners and, you know, projects that have big names attached or, you know, very high profile or timely subjects. Makes sense. But you know what? They just need content. Yeah. Like, and I got to tell you, like I fell in love with Amazon Prime once I started. I never watched. I've had Prime since the day it started. I've never watched Amazon Prime. And they have all the best old movies. And like the the original content is on another level. And I told you that algorithm is great. Like you start watching anything and it just... I, I spent like three weeks with stuff in the background and it was all great and, yeah. and there's still a mountain of it left. So hopefully people just, and you know, it was funny, like as I started finding some of this stuff, I started talking to other people about it and they're like, oh yeah, I watched that. I watched, and it was like this random video game documentary hmm. that like two guys just uploaded. So yeah. it does get in front of people. I got to say that. 
Yeah. No, I'm hoping we'll we can reach a lot of people. And again, as far as these curated platforms, you know, the door's not closed and hopefully, you know, we can get there. Uh, also, it's a step, you know, if you do other stuff in the future, it's, you know, you're there, you can snowball right. off of it. And I think that's, uh, you know, because everything that I, I'm talking about as far as the distribution game, you know, a lot of it I already knew from my prior experience and research, but some of it was, you know, kind of new. And I think the my main takeaway is that um, I, I don't, I don't expect that I would approach a project anymore the way I've done before where I go off and I make it and then I show up with a mm. completed movie and I try to get it onto one of yeah. those things because that, um, again, is a very, very difficult path. So I think in the future, it's going to be more about pitching a project, mm. getting it funded. Um, that's nice. If it, you know, you know if that's, you get it that, but yeah. Yeah, that's a big if. But, but, that's, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Having this stuff to bank off of is like, look, I already have all this stuff. It's right. not like you're just coming out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I'm going to make this thing. It's going to be good. Don't worry. You right. Know? So <laughs> everything has its place. Exactly. So uh, so again, you know, I, I really appreciate everyone's, you know, interest in this and patience as we've been, you know, working to get it out there. So, uh, but whether you rent or buy it, uh, you know, I really, I really hope you, you will and I hope you enjoy and watch Chris in the movie. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely cut out. <laughs> I don't think I got anything <laughs> no, from you. I don't think so either, but I wouldn't have, yeah. Yeah, no. I wouldn't have been I, mad uh, at <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think I did, actually. Um, but anyway, so that's sort of the, you know, the documentary side of this. Before I let you go, you know, we always have to have a little bit of pop talk. Yeah. Right, the Funko Pop. People, the listeners love it. Whenever we start <laughs> oh, talking pop, so. they, oh, they turn it up. They love yeah, it. <laughs> market research is off the charts. <laughs> so, I mean, not, not, to, not to be a downer, but... Um, you know, one of the our go-to places with the baby has been the Westchester yeah. Mall, especially over these winter months. Like, it's great. Like, we live very close. We go from garage to garage. It's bright. There's a lot of stuff for him to look yeah. at. Anyway, so we do go into Newberry Comics, uh, which, you know, you mentioned before. And they're a chain, and they're it's a mixture of, like, uh, apparel and records and comics, and they do have a lot of pops. And, uh, you know, I've not been as dialed into the pops recently. Yeah, and, understandable. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of these. I see Wheel of Fortune pops. I see <laughs> yeah. the Cheetos, Cheetah pop, like all this stuff. Ad icons, I told you. Yeah. And I mean, like I know my, my own interest in them has waned a little bit. And I wanted to know, you know, if, if you've noticed any drop. And But I think that the, the main thing, though, that I want to say is I think for me, you know, we've always talked about how they're so appealing because it's like, oh, you can get a pop of something that like you, you never would yeah. have expected or there's no other merchandise. And for a long time, that was a big driver for me. Uh, you know, seeing Sons of Anarchy pops. It yeah. was great. You know, we did get the office ones. We were very excited about that. But I feel like now there's a pop of everything that that, that factor has diminished a little bit because it's not so much like, oh my God, there's, now it's almost, you would just expect it. That's true. That's true. But that doesn't change the fact that it may be the only piece That's of merch. True. Like how many, um, you know, Alex Trebek figures do you have? You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So, you know, that, yeah. that hasn't diminished it Good. in that aspect. No, you know, we've been off the road, like I said, since November, so about three months. So I can't gauge it slowing down from like a mass, you know, convention uh, angle, but um, I haven't noticed anything store-wise. All know? right, good. Um, nothing's been changed. You know, I said from the beginning, their biggest issue is going to be just, there is so much. And every time people first get in, they go too hard and they buy too much and then they got to thin it back. And they learn where to like focus their collection. Everybody does it, you know. But a lot of that old stuff has been going up. And I, I've noticed that like they've been making less of certain things and stuff's been getting vaulted quicker. So like a lot of these commons that, you know, were out six months ago all of a sudden are like a ton. And, um, you know, like stuff that 
was warming the shelf last year is like 50 bucks now because it just they didn't make enough of it and you know people just they don't uh prioritize it when they see it on the shelf and then they're like oh let me go get that and like oh there's none left anywhere right so so yeah that's been good for the collectors because if you do have those random ones like some of those office pops are already like three whole uh shirt gym or whatever it is yeah. three it's like eighty dollars already wow and like prison mics like sixty plus dollars and like it's and those just came out yeah you know, so all right um no, so good. yeah um, no, certainly like oh i'm glad to hear that and certainly for your sake it's like I, i'm glad that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> doing well uh i think for us to you know off mic you know you and i were talking about house hunting and uh you know, I think for us, that's the other big factor is like, we don't have space. Yeah. And it's like, even though, yes, we could store them. I mean, we do have a storage unit or we could bring them to my in-laws. It's like, I think that's sort of a deterrent where it's, it's like, what ideal. are we going to do with these? Yeah. No. And, and I, you know, again, going back, that's the number one issue people are going to have is space. And even if you're not buying the rare ones, like they're 10 bucks, 12 bucks, it builds up quick. You know, that's like one statue, you can get 50 pops, you know, and, um, it, they take up space. And that's, that's the biggest thing they have going against them is that they are so accessible. I don't know, but it's hard because now let's say you're like, oh, I really like the office, but um, you know, we'll get it when we get the house. But mm -hmm. then you go back and these pops are two hundred dollars each, I so know. you should get them and just throw them in storage, you know. Yeah. But then, you know, if you already have the storage, it's fine. But I know all these people that are just paying to store their pops, and it's like, well, at that point, just throw them away and buy them later because you're gonna spend more money storing the damn things, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, we've been buying a lot of collections lately. So I think some of the older people are moving out or thinning their collections because they see that they have a lot of money sitting there from stuff they paid for like 10 bucks. But the new people are still coming in and, 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 and you know, there's always going to be something that you're like, oh, I, I got to buy this. This is my favorite thing in the world. So Yeah. I will say I saw they're doing good place pops. That was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. See? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. That's like, you know, there are things that uh, that are still, if they ever do another wave of Smallville, which I doubt, but uh, those would be, those would be definitely. Yeah, those are getting really hard to find. We, we were just yeah. talking about that last week. I haven't seen any of them. And because um, somebody was asking me if I can get them a Tom Welling pop signs uh, in Cleveland or wherever they're going to be. And uh, I was like, I, I haven't seen them. I'll keep an eye out at C2E2 for you. But um, we haven't had them. And that's the thing. They just dry up sometimes and then that's yeah. it. You know, it's hard. I, the grease pops were everywhere. And then John Travolta did like a one-off signing last year. And I sourced everybody I know and I was able to find one grease pop. And that was like everywhere two months before that. It's just, it's hard. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else that uh, that you want to say? Um, no, I think we, we got there. I, it's fun doing this again. It's yeah. been a while. Um, glad to be back. And um, yeah, thanks for everything. And I, you know, um, can't wait for the, the show and hopefully everything pans out like we were talking about and it'll be good. You know, maybe if you guys have time, you can do some kind of panel there or something like that. We could talk about that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Or a screening panel, something. I, I don't think, know. We yeah. can figure it out. We all have right. we all have right. a screen and a projector <laughs> and speakers. And speakers? All yes, right. we have it all. And microphones. <laughs> so, you know. All right, we'll talk. Um, well, thank you so much for being part of this, no, for being my first recording yeah. back. I appreciate it. And I know the guests always enjoy uh, the guests. I hope so. The listeners I, always are, enjoy hearing probably from sick you. of me, but I, I, I love doing it. So thanks. Anytime you need me. Excellent. Uh, well, thank you again. Thank you to everyone for listening. Make sure you keep your eye out for tickets to Undiscovered Realm Comic Con. I hope to see you there. Uh, be sure to check out My Comic Shop Country and then be back here on April 8th for The Homecoming Part 3, which, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be a special movie commentary track with Fat Moose Comics owner Sean Hendricks. So that should be a lot of fun. Until then, don't be a flat squirrel. Mm -hmm.